0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Jonesing for Sports podcast. We are back. I know you all have been waiting <laughs> for the return and here it is. Uh, so we're back. We've got lots to talk about. Thankfully, the Lions have given us plenty to talk about with a whole new change up quarterback and coaching. Uh, so thank you, Lions. The Pistons also doing some interesting things along with COVID and Michigan basketball. And Michigan State probably wishes they had a break from basketball. So we're going to cover okay. as much of that as we can and uh, get into it. So here we go. <laughs> you want me to reduce? I, I don't something? know about
1: that, Trev. Uh, Michigan State's on a two-game win streak, so... Two yeah. two game Big Ten win streak. That's big Impressive for them. Impressive, no. But <laughs> Well so point, the last game was Nebraska. Oh, uh, they just beat Penn State. Penn State, yep. And then had, Nebraska was before that, who, by the way, looked atrocious.
0: <laughs> Both games that Michigan State should win. Uh so I stand by my intro that they probably wish they had a little bit of a break, but at least they're on the winning column again.
1: Penn State's not a bad team. Their, their record isn't good, but they've got talent. Michigan State has talent. I just I'm not sure what their deal is to be honest, but
0: yeah, I mean, let's uh we can get right into it. We uh usually we got some fun intro stuff and there's some uh, Super Bowl prop bets I heard that you had really high success in <laughs> that I'd like <laughs> to get into. <laughs> so, your uh... choice. Dealer dealer's choice. Uh, you want to talk about that or jump right into michigan state basketball
1: there there's not much to talk about i (laughs) i may have gone 0 for eight on super bowl props (laughs) but i still i still came out in the positive and that that's all that matters because of the free uh free 25 i started with
0: it sounds to me like you're doing it really well Like, like you've had a pretty good stretch uh and the the new online betting in Michigan has been treating you well so far right
1: yeah i mean th- this was a case of me betting with uh my heart instead of my head because <laughs> uh i was kind of bummed because you know dad really wanted us to come home and watch the game with him and we just couldn't make it happen with just how crazy things have been here so i'm thinking to myself I've, i'm watching the super bowl basically alone i mean brian is there She provides Stromboli for me to eat. Ooh, that is a big thing. (laughs) But she's also uh, on her laptop watching who knows what, uh, probably Doctor Show. And uh, (laughs) so I'm basically watching it by myself. So I knew I wanted something to spice up my Super Bowl experience. So I made some props that uh, I would probably never make. Some of them I actually did feel good about, but most of them were like, I mean, yes, I, I did bet the coin toss. (laughs) and it was 50 50 chance that i I missed that one and uh but with uh the DraftKings, they gave you um basically a free 25 bucks to to bet the super bowl and i only bet i think like 12 bucks total so still positive 13 which other than that um i think i put in a total just to play around with like 20 bucks and I'm getting, I'm a, I'm gonna be close to 500 total, uh, in the next couple of days. So. Of what you like won. Probably 450. Uh, no, like total. So I take out the 20, but.
0: Um, so you started with 20, and you're up to 450. About 450, yeah. Holy crap, dude.
1: Yeah, I've I've been doing. I- <laughs> I am at that point where I'm like this is just stupid like the things that I'm hitting on. So I I know that I just need to not get carried away, but uh it's one of those things, you know, you get home from work and you're like, "Oh, let's see who's playing tonight." And uh like Cody was was really into that Michigan State game cuz he was uh he he had bet that Penn State was going to win outright. And I I took the uh took the the what's it called? The spread. So I was fine because they are they able to cover the spread. But it does definitely add some some juice to an otherwise pretty <laughs> poor game. Uh, but in general, yeah, just uh, really not betting a lot of money. Just just
0: enough to give you a little bit more to
1: watch. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think tonight I've got about $3.80 in bets. It's not a lot, but it's like, oh, it's pretty fun. Especially when you're winning as much as I have been, which is clearly going to uh, turn around after this
0: podcast. When I mean, you saw how well betting uh, the college football games went, um, hey, there's... to be able to lose eight prop bets in a row and uh, have the success story you have—that's impressive.
1: Well, like I said, that they were uh, very low amounts, so I I never want to make a bet that I would be just crushed over. So. Pretty much the majority of my bets are of the $1 range, but make enough of them with good enough odds, it does add up. You know, you hit a,
0: a parlay here or
1: there, so it's, <laughs> it's kind of fun.
0: So here's a transitionary uh, bet for you. If you had to, would you bet that Michigan State makes March Madness or not?
1: Uh, I'm going to say no. Um, Ooh. I know it's that's a bold take, but uh, I was looking at their schedule. I should I should have had that up now, but... Um the way just the way that they struggled against Nebraska. Watching that game, Nebraska probably would have lost that game if there wasn't a team on the other side of the court. Um
0: Yeah, I've got that schedule up for you. Okay. Uh, oh, I actually had uh Iowa's schedule up. Iowa's schedule to end the season's pretty tough too. Jeez. Iowa's really
1: been flailing. I've and that's the thing is Iowa they get a lot of national respect and I actually have not been impressed with them. Obviously, Luca Garza is probably the a player monster. of the year. But he also gets a superstar treatment. I mean, he shoots so many free throws that it's like he's the one initiating 100% of the contacts. He, he is one of my least favorite players. Respect him, but, boy, he's hard to watch. But, yeah, they will torch Michigan State. Uh, Purdue is a game that's hard to call because the last game Purdue did win, but they shouldn't have. Indiana Purdue has been is scrappy, too. Well. Indiana, yeah. too.
0: Both Indiana schools, Purdue and Indiana, are hard to beat.
1: But then they, they after Indiana, they got Illinois and Ohio State. Uh, Ugh. Yikes. Ohio State, a lot of people, it's been kind of bugging me because Michigan's, Michigan's on uh, pause. And Ohio State has now been crowned the Big Ten's hottest team, which hurts because I hate the Buckeyes. But they're <laughs> also, I mean, they, they're very good. They're fourth in the country. Uh, Illinois, in my opinion, is probably the most talented team in the Big Ten. Uh I'm still just can
0: you imagine trying to play against Kofi Coburn? I was just gonna ask you the same thing, like imagine just walking by that guy i don't know I don't remember a guy I've seen that looks that physically intimidating just in how strong and huge he is
1: yeah and he does he plays hard i mean there's yeah. no like usually a big guy like that there's kind of a laziness not not with him.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Illinois is so talented. I'd be scared of them come March Madness time. Another team that's kind of struggling a little bit, but still so crazy talented. But then Michigan State has to play at Michigan at least one more time. They missed one game with a postponement. Uh, so I, And it sounds like Michigan's going to try and make up the games they missed. That's five games. Yep. So they're going to play a lot of short rest games, but they're still a tough team. And the way Michigan's been playing, the way Michigan State has been playing, that's probably at least another loss or two to Michigan State. So you look at that with their schedule, man, that almost puts so, them, right now they're 10-7. and seven. Right. Uh,
1: that's. Tough I don't see to... them finishing above 500. I'll put it that way.
0: Oof. Uh, oh, so, another crazy stat I saw is Duke is under 500 for the first time since 99 right now. I'll I'll be
1: honest. All all these blue bloods struggling so much, it is kind of fun. Yeah. I mean I I'm I definitely enjoy seeing these especially Coach K is as insufferable as they come. I'm not a big fan of Coach uh Cal either. Um Bill Self I think is about as arrogant as they are. So seeing the blue blood struggle is it's good for the soul. Um, Have
0: you seen that commercial with Bill Self? It's a Kansas basketball commercial, like leading up to the season, and it's just him in his car, and he's like, I don't know what he's saying, but it leads to him looking in his back seat, and it's just full of the trophies that he's won. And <laughs> yeah. he's like, all right, let's go. And then he ends up like in his office, and there's even more trophies. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, all
1: right, Bill Self. Actually, I mean, looking at how some of the other coaches, especially Coach Cal um, and Coach K, but those two especially – um, seeing how they've handled their team's struggle, I think I've been impressed or maybe surprised by Izzo's demeanor through this whole thing. Because I thought he would be a little bit more um, like I'll kill you to his players, but maybe that's an indictment on how he views his team. And I he's guess you look at, look at who he's trotting out there. If you're asking Foster Lawyer to play that much, um, you you're in a bad situation. And I think it boils down to the fact that they've been unable to get a point guard. I mean, if you can't get Rocket Watts to be your point guard, you're not going to be a good team, which just is so stupid. He, Him just <laughs> not wanting to be a point guard is bad for the team. It's bad for him. And uh, I, I don't understand it. But, yeah, I, I mean, maybe that's enough negativity about Michigan State. Michigan, who knows how they're going to come off of their COVID pause. Um, at the beginning of the year... I was hesitant on the team because you just, with, with if they're not hot, they have the potential to play very poorly. I mean, look at their early season scores. And this is obviously before Hunter Dickinson um, was starting. But you look at some of these teams, they when they first played Penn State, it was rough. Uh, they almost lost to, uh, I can't remember what max school it was, but... The point is, guys like Livers, Wagner. Um, I'm trying to think who else is kind of a streaky player, but those two in particular are, are the the best players on the court. And if they're not going, the team is stuck in neutral. Um, so I'm a little nervous about them coming off of COVID pause. If they're playing well, I do think they're one of the top three teams in the nation. But when they're when they are not in a, you know. When they're not feeling it, they're not a top 25 team. So we'll see how they come back. I'm a little scared.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping that there's something weird going on with the Blue Bloods this year. Uh, And I think it's maybe it's the crowd. Maybe it's just there's something in the atmosphere that's different with the COVID season. And Michigan has seemed to uh, avoid that for the most part. Well, yeah, for sure, for the most part, because they've had a super great year, except for this break they're on. And so... uh, i'm hoping that they can kind of recapture that magic that started the year uh i mean they were one of the last teams to lose a game and which shows that i think they can prepare i think they use their dead time well they practice well uh but they're in the big 10 and taking that break and jumping right into big 10 basketball that's going to be tough so we'll learn
1: are you making the claim that michigan is a, a basketball blue blood
0: no, I'm maybe making the opposite claim because they seem to uh, not be affected by the blue blood poisoning from this ah, year. Ah, <laughs> okay.
1: That's actually been a big debate, is, uh, you know, what constitutes a blue blood if Michigan State is or isn't, It's just kind of been interesting for me to watch from the sidelines.
0: What do you think, like, do you think Michigan is a blue blood?
1: Michigan is definitely not. Yeah,
0: um,
1: why? I just, history. Uh, I mean, they have a decent, I mean, they're like top ten, maybe but I think that there's probably only four to five Blue Bloods.
0: Yeah, and you can tell, too, when you go to their games, if you go to a Blue Blood game like the Cameron Crazies, uh, Kansas, Kentucky, there is an atmosphere in that place that is like, okay, this is what this whole state surrounds. When you go to uh, a Michigan game at Chrysler, it's a great atmosphere, but it doesn't feel like like one of the biggest events uh, in town. It feels like... (laughs) <laughs> the big house is definitely a bigger event down the road. Oh, well, um, I think
1: Michigan can get there. Because um, I I've heard that you know for their bigger games, like uh, I remember when North Carolina came to Chrysler Center, that you know people were saying it was one of the best sports events they have been to in their lifetime. But mm-hmm. then you go for any other game, the energy level doesn't match, uh, or it doesn't it matches the opponent? I guess I'll say. Um, and that, that also happens at the big house too. Michigan fans in general are just maybe not as excitable as like you know, you see the videos of like Penn State or um or like LSU during the borough year. Uh just kind of that rabbit fan craziness. Uh but it it can be pretty awesome. And maybe we're heading that direction, uh, under Jawan because uh that's kind of the joke. It's Michigan's a basketball school now. Mm-hmm. That might actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Juwan's got things going the right way and Harbaugh's got things going the wrong way, so we'll we'll see it under you know, in the next five years if we truly become a actual basketball school or,
0: or not. <laughs> so Michigan's uh, upcoming games, without playing the ones that they missed, is they got Wisconsin on Sunday, Rutgers, Ohio State, and then Indiana. That's <laughs> that is a rude awakening from coming back from sitting in your dorm room for two weeks straight, not being able to play. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we'll Wisconsin see how
1: they is, handle that. Wisconsin is probably the most fundamental team in the Big Ten, which is just so hard to come back from a pause against a team that's going to be clinical. Uh, but Michigan outclasses them in talent, that's for sure. But that's if I was to pick a team I wouldn't want to play first off of a break, it would probably be Illinois and Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, the, other than that, I think you could probably do okay. Maybe Iowa. But just Iowa does not play defense. I was so frustrated. I watched Iowa, Illinois. I stayed up way too late watching that game. <laughs> and uh, it was like, man, if, if they had played a lick of defense, they could have put Illinois out. And uh, I think Illinois actually won that game. Uh, but, boy, if I was an Iowa fan, I know they're having a good year, but I would be, like, really anti-Fran McCaffrey. I think he's done a kind of a poor job with the talent he has.
0: Yeah, but, they've been an interesting I mean even Michigan State took them to the wire the other day. And yeah. Michigan State lost by 6. Uh but it was a close game. They they was back and forth that second half and I, I mean Michigan State almost won that game. And if you're yeah. Iowa and losing and to that Michigan was State, poorly
1: whew. poorly officiated too. If I was a state fan, well I I watched that game, you know, I'm not necessarily rooting for state um in that game, but at the same time it was like, boy. They were letting. If you breathed on Garza, it was like, and one, even if the basket didn't go in. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, Iowa, not impressive to me. Uh, Obviously, they can really fill it, fill it up when they get hot. But Big Ten basketball, man, I I love it. I hope Michigan's able to come back and and compete.
0: I do too. Do you think there is a realm of possibility that? the uh, selection committee looks at Michigan state and sees that they're over 500, but maybe they got 15 wins or something close to that. And if they, they go, get
1: 15 wins, I think they're in, I don't think they're going to get 15 wins.
0: You know what? You're right. Cause they're 10 and seven right now. That's so. five,
1: five more wins. I think they're, they'll be okay, but maybe they get hot. Uh, Lankford has really improved over the past couple games. Um, henry seems to be you know he's doing okay not not as well as i think he should still but he's definitely doing better
0: they've got seven ish games left with some makeups and then the the big 10 tournament yeah uh so there's some room to get five more wins but
1: it's possible i just i wouldn't predict it or bet on it
0: to get five more wins i think you have to beat purdue and indiana uh and then maryland you have to beat maryland that's three. Maryland's that, leaves that you... weird team that you never yeah. know
1: like what they're gonna do. So,
0: same with Purdue and Indiana. So, and I'm giving those to Michigan State for them to get a chance to five. And then you gotta face Iowa, Ohio State, Illinois, and Michigan. So I think Mich- I think Michigan State gets a few of those games because it does seem like they're pulling together a little bit at the end. Of uh, the season, and usually that's kind of how Izzo teams roll. Even if they're a rough team, they tend to kind of pull together a bit more towards the end of the season. Yeah, but uh, I don't know if they're capable of it with the roster they have this year. They've got some talent, and but like throwing Kithier out there and Foster Lawyer, these guys should not be playing Division One Big Ten basketball. I know. <laughs> Like, especially Foster Lawyer, but, man, I could talk to you about Kithier for ages. He's terrible. Well, he's got good good centers behind him. He he does all the fundamentals well. But, uh, boy, Marcus Bingham is so much better than Thomas Kithier. Bingham is, like, an NBA talent because he's got, like, a blocking ability. I don't think he – he's probably not going to go to the NBA, but he's got, like, that talent level. He must just be so unpolished. Like, he must – Annoy Izzo so much in practice. Yeah. Yep. They just can't get minutes. And then that other guy, uh, the guy that they, I can't remember his name right now. Marble. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, Sissoko. Sissoko, where they said he had to lose some weight. And he's looking, he looks really good too, but he's young. Then they just <laughs> must be so unrefined. He's the next Marcus Bingham Jr. <laughs> Sissoko is.
1: <laughs> he's a really good blocker, not great offensively can rebound the heck out of the ball. Uh, we'll get five minutes a game next then, year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My last question on Michigan State is, what? What? how do you feel that things are going with the transfer? Uh, big white boy Hauser so far. Do you feel like that was a good – has he been good for him?
1: Well, I mean, you think about who's going to come and replace him on the bench, uh, no one. No one. So, he's definitely one of their best players, but I thought he'd be way better than he is. He's a good three-point shooter, good passer, good rebounder, slow as crap. (laughs) And, uh, turns the ball over more than I thought when he tries to dribble and drive. Uh, his athleticism limits his ability so much. Uh, I mean, the other night, I think it was Nebraska game, he scored zero points. And, uh, yeah he's he should be so much better than he is and i think i I was either talking to you or cody about it that he would thrive in a different system where he's like the second or third option but with no one else on the team stepping up he's tried to fill that star position like cassius winston because it should be aaron henry who drives and then dishes to hauser but he's not really doing that enough and so hauser's been trying to be that that guy that's not who he is he needs to be kind of like what uh what livers has kind of found his his role on the team is that they go through dickinson um they get it to franz and then livers just nails the three and sometimes takes the open lane if it's there but uh he he's not the number one option and uh he can't do
0: it so he kind of reminds me of uh a throwback to michigan last year with uh iggy brosdakas Hey, Brasdakis is so much better than Hauser. <laughs> I would have not guessed that. Like, the hype <laughs> I the wouldn't Hauser, have either. Like, Brasdakis was a freshman. He was jacked out of his mind, but I didn't think he would be better than Hauser. And, man, look at it now.
1: Yeah, uh, but to answer your question, Michigan State's definitely better with him. I mean, if, if you take him off off the court, Michigan State has exactly one, like, scoring threat. I mean... <laughs> That's it. They're so limited, and it just depends if Aaron Henry decides that he wants to show up that day or not. Uh, and Rocket Watts is just is baffling to me. The kid yep. should be so good, and he he seems like a shell of himself this year. Like even just looking at his eyes on the court, it looks like he doesn't like something's
0: off. I don't know. His high school counterpart, Lamelo Ball, Rocket Watts outshined him in high school when they were both playing together. And LaMelo Ball is now, he's going to win the Rookie of the Year this year. He is—he just scored at back-to-back 30-point games in the NBA, not college basketball, yeah. which I know is a scoring game, but I don't think Rocket Watts is putting back-to-back 30-point games in the NBA. Uh, and Rocket Watts in high school, he outshined LaMelo many times. So I don't know what's going on with him, but I think you're right. He does seem to be a little bit of a shell of himself.
1: Well, that could uh, – LaMelo <laughs> Ball, you, do you want to move into the Lions or do you want to talk about your uh, your hot take that you gave me the other day about Killian <laughs> Hayes?
0: Yeah, sure. We can go into that. So you set the stage for that one, Brian.
1: <laughs> all, all right. So Cody, uh, who, if you're listening, uh, you need to just message the show about how much you miss Cody because he, he's being a little turd. doesn't <laughs> want to – be a part of the show right now but um he he messages us uh article about what was it like the best rookies uh in the NBA this year ranked yep and I the caption he put was like Killian Hayes like I just hate him or something like that I can't remember what he said but just that it was a terrible terrible pick and uh Trav responds with just something (laughs) that my eyes about Popped out of the, my head when I read it. I was like, "Whoa!" He he responds. Killian Hayes may be a worse draft pick than Darko Milicic. <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, Trav, you're like, you must be really mad
0: because that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever read." <laughs> so, I'm, I that may be ridiculous, and I, I I may uh I may have jumped the gun a little bit on that one. But I'm prepared to uh, defend my statement here. All right. Well, before you <laughs> defend your statement, uh, Trav, who, who was drafted after uh, Darko? Uh, all Hall of Famers. <laughs> was it yeah. Wayne Wade right after him?
1: No, it was Carmelo. It was Carmelo. And then it was Bosh. <laughs> and then it
0: was Wade. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So draft order, that, that does give Darko uh, a notch in the worst dud ever category. Also,
1: uh, probably adding one of those players extends the dynasty of those go to going to work <laughs> pistons. I mean, that was getting to... I mean, they won the title the next year, so obviously they didn't even need a great player, um, but you know they probably but- could have had... Some better years even after, you know, the fall
0: off after the championship. Having a human victory cigar like Darko, you know, maybe we under appreciate how much that brought to the, like the mentality of the team. And like it brought the team together, like in uh, Boston right now with Taco Fall, when he gets <laughs> in on the floor, uh, Boston loves that guy. And so maybe we underappreciate that. And I know I'm BSing right now real hard. (laughs) Well, Taco Fall wasn't drafted second overall. (laughs) That's true. He might have been second round. (laughs) (laughs) So here's my argument to uh, defend that statement. Killian Hayes was thrust into a starting position where Darko was given the opportunity to try and earn a starting position and never did, and never even, like, probably because he sucked never got into the starting lineup. Well, Killian Hayes, they said, all right, you're a rookie. We're going to suck this year anyways, so go out there and start. He was playing 20, 25, 30 minutes a game and scoring zero points. Darko <laughs> yeah, with, would at least get in with zero assists. <laughs> as a point guard, yeah. <laughs> like, how can you expect to do anything as a team if you've got a point guard who's scoring zero, assisting zero, and just turning the ball over? Uh, and Darko never got the chance to put up starter minutes starter numbers and i would argue darko probably has a higher efficiency rating i'll i could look it up maybe to see who maybe has a, a more uh efficient rating Darko versus uh, Killian. i'm i'm almost positive it's got to be darko but uh
1: <laughs> yeah you're you're not gonna get a ton of put i like i said before i hated the pick when it happened i think you were the one who tried to talk some sense to me like hey maybe this guy's not you know, that bad. I, I think you I usually sent me that <laughs> Sent me that article about how I think it was the ringer had him as their number one draft option. Um, the guy I was high on was Tyrese Halliburton, who's had a heck of a rookie season. He's had a uh, Halliburton of <laughs> <me>. <laughs> uh, Obviously didn't have the opportunity to, but you were obviously high on LaMelo Ball, and uh, he's been – he blew me away. And I think Cody, uh, that article – was talking about um what's his face the guy from north carolina cole anthony uh, cole anthony being better than expected who i was my my original thought was trade back to get cole anthony later um because i preferred cole anthony to killian hayes so uh, yeah it's uh in hindsight still really hate that pick um i also really really liked obi Toppin. um if they were to stay at that 7th pick because he was available.
0: So, yeah. The NBA is so stuck in this rut of youngsters are worth more than uh, someone who's in their 20s and proven. Like Obi Toppin or Halliburton. These guys who are older than Killian Hayes. The, the reason Killian Hayes was so prized was because he was so young and he was playing with pros and he had some building blocks. He could do. He had a, like a nice step back. But you know what? He had a nice step back, but can't freaking shoot it, the ball at all. So what or good a dribble is a with step his back? left hand? <laughs> yeah, one of the things they said in a early season like report on him was he. Hopefully, he learns to use his left hand. You know what? You oh. and I were doing in middle school. We were learning <laughs> to use our left hand. Yeah, our right hand. It's ridiculous. Uh, and so the NBA is so stuck on. These young guys, just because they've got potential and they're young, signing them and and, uh, drafting them early. When, I mean, Obi Toppin, he's probably going to have a a pretty good year. And these guys that went after him, they're more proven. I mean, why not go for them? They're going to, if they give you five, six, seven years in your uh, organization and they'll probably give you more, that's awesome. But, yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I've never
1: been, uh, never been a fan of the pick. Not sure I'm gonna jump on the uh,
0: worse than Darko train, but uh. <laughs> yeah, that was a little uh, premature, I'm sure. And uh, he's not even playing right now to defend himself because he's hurt. But he also just lost his uh, mentor in Derrick Rose, and the Pistons traded him for Magic Beans. <laughs> uh, got nothing for him. They got Dennis Smith Jr., who is playing in the G League this year, and a uh, second-round pick. So, Derrick Rose could have went to a contender. Somebody could have gave up maybe good yeah. player or a draft pick, a late first round or something. Derrick Rose is still very good, and if you've watched the Pistons at all, even though he's coming off the bench for them, uh, he is a game-changer. So... Man, I don't get that move. The Pistons are a conundrum right now with the moves they've made this year. Well, uh, speaking of Derrick Rose,
1: um, I got an alert on my phone. Derrick Rose, no look dime to Opie Toppin. You know, what could have been? (laughs) That could have been in Detroit. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I've hated a lot of things the Pistons have done. At the same time, uh, Jeremy Grant has been so impressive, uh, killing it points, fantasy-wise. Um, Josh Jackson, the reclamation project that's somehow turned out. Uh, and, the, you know, uh, Isaiah Stewart, been impressive. Uh, and he was a guy that I wasn't really sure about in the draft.
0: So, you know... and Even Mason Plumley, like, the center position isn't that... It's really a defensive position nowadays in the NBA. He's putting up double digits in points and rebounds almost every game. So, he's effective. So...
1: And you look at what they've done, they're well on their way to, you know, being in the lottery, um, having one of the worst records in the NBA. At the same time, they're competing against the best teams. And, in fact, they're beating a lot of the best teams. So there's still that hope, you know, hey, you know, we've got enough building blocks that we can turn it around in the future with some draft picks, um, you know, get some franchise changers, and who knows. So I feel like they're uh, tanking in a in the right way in a sense uh, do i i still hate the fact that they decided that christian wood wasn't a player to build around that made zero sense to me in the modern nba but at the same time i can't complain too much about the way because i've been calling for them to rebuild uh for a few years now so but uh i think that's enough on the pistons and we can probably move to <laughs> what we actually wanted to talk about with the lions Uh, and matt stafford does that sound good
0: from one rebuilding organization to the other yeah i'm (laughs) I'm down for it
1: (laughs) yeah oh lions it's it is sad to think about that they because under uh quinn and patricia it definitely was not a rebuild it was okay we're building to playoff contention and playoff wins and boy we're in a complete rebuild now so that's fun what i really wanted to ask you was uh On a scale of one, representing the amount of playoff wins you've experienced in your lifetime, to nine, representing our dearly departed Matt Stafford, how are you feeling about the direction the Lions are headed in, uh, just the future?
0: It's hard to, I think that that trade was awesome. I think that the Lions got so much for it, but at the same time, you know how I feel about Matt Stafford, uh. I feel like he was the franchise quarterback. He was the best quarterback the Lions have ever had in their organization. Um, and I was so sad to see him go. Uh, at the same time, I feel like they saved face. I feel like they made an about face with, as an organization really well through that transition with how they handled Barry Sanders and how they handled Calvin Johnson, two superstars. Matt Stafford was kind of the third of them. And they finally kind of made it right with him and said, all right, you want to go? We'll let you go. And they got a crap ton for him, too. So I'm pretty stoked with what we got for him. So I'm pretty happy. But at the same time, man, I wanted to cry the day I saw that Stafford (laughs) was no longer going to be a Lion. Uh, I I was down in Indy hanging out with some people. And... I was telling everybody about, like, Stafford and the Lions are parting ways. And I was hanging with people who didn't care. But I just (laughs) – that's how much I I was – Just had to tell them. I just had to because it was weighing so heavy on my heart that my quarterback (laughs) – That's my my quarterback. quarterback. (laughs) He was gone. Uh, So that being said, I'm pretty happy with uh, what happened, I think. And even the NFL sees it. I saw uh, who won and who lost – in the trade and everything about the lions they said they won and they said the loser of that trade was jared goff because he had to go to the
1: lions (laughs) (laughs) how do you how do you feel about having goff as your quarterback
0: i'm totally okay with it knowing that it's better than any of our backups we've had and jared goff's still young and he's had success i don't know if he's going to have success in detroit it may be a short-term fix and he just helps us to draft picks the next year or two, but I'm gonna cheer for him and I like him. Yeah. So that's kind of how I'm feeling. I'm kind of a optimistic fan of a loser right now, because I don't think the Lions are gonna be a winner by any means. But I'm really liking what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I like that uh, they kind of have a the uh, they have flexibility with golf because they have a few years to figure out if this is a guy they want to build around or if they want to go a different direction through the draft. And, uh, I, I think that if you, if you go like, let's just say maybe like the Washington Redskins or football team, uh, if you go that route and you just literally are trotting out quarterbacks that like have somewhat broken legs, uh, (laughs) It's just I feel like it takes a lot of interest away. Like you just hope that your defense is good enough. Um, So it's not like they definitely got worse at the quarterback position, but at the same time they're still going to be competent Uh, because if you have competent quarterback play, you can still do some things. So I like it. Uh, It's definitely the same boat. Sad about Stafford, but I'm I'm excited about um, what this means for Stafford because. This this year, I think a, a big storyline was uh, the divorce of Brady and the Patriots, and trying to figure out uh, their legacies. You know, was Brady the engine that drove the Patriots, or was it Belichick? And I, I I do think Belichick is a really good coach, but this year has shown that without Brady, the Patriots would not have won those Super Bowls. Uh, yep, they did. They probably a hot would swap. have been
0: good teams. Brady, but. Did- cam newton and you saw what happened
1: holy cow and i think that same thing probably to a lesser extent because we're talking about the goat but to a lesser extent we're gonna see if matt stafford is as good as some people think he is or if he doesn't have that big game ability which a lot of lions fans and some in the national uh media think as well that maybe he just doesn't have the ability to win those big games so i think he will have that he will have that opportunity with the Rams. He's going to have a defense he's going to have offensive weapons he's going to have a coach that's going to put him in a position to succeed so i'm really interested to see what's going to what's going to happen with stafford uh but holy cow his competition is going to be high uh you know just can anyone knock off the buccaneers next year um and of course uh you know they've got to play teams like seattle or the 49ers Uh, (laughs) that's he'll have his work cut out for him at the same time this is going to be one of the most defining years in Stafford's
0: career what and what a dream trade for him where he gets to go to a a team that had was it the number one or number three defense in the NFL this year yeah Uh, and then same thing for the offensive line where he's never had protection ever in his life
1: he's almost never had a defense and he's
0: never had protection and he's got protection for a year he's man he's probably so happy right now uh and we've seen him in detroit where he's had protection what he can do with the ball and so if the rams line can protect him like they did uh they they were really good this year uh i think stafford could put up huge numbers i don't know if they're gonna win the super bowl or anything but if he has a successful year and just puts up huge numbers again uh, I think that says a lot. And I'm rooting for him. I, I'm going to be a huge Stafford Rams fan this year. Um, but uh, I don't know what their outcome is going to be. He's still He's got a lot to prove because he's been second Detroit and been like the shining turd. Well, now he's on a team of diamonds, and he's got to prove he's also a diamond. So we'll see what happens with him. What do you think the
1: bar for success is? Like, How, how far do they have to go for them to have
0: basically uh to to have won that trade well the rams uh they need to make the playoffs and they need they probably need to win a game or two in the playoffs but because they're they're going all in with him stafford is i mean he's not old but he is in the later end of his career and they pretty much said we're a quarterback away from winning this thing and so they gave up. Next year, two future first-round picks. That's huge to give up. So Yeah. They put their eggs in their basket in Stafford and said, all right, win us a ship. And I don't know. The competition is fierce right now. The Chiefs, uh, if I was to bet, I think the Chiefs are going to win it next year. But I'd never bet against Tampa Brady because, man, they, uh, they proved the haters right there, too. And then Green Bay, man. They were one draft pick away from being a Super Bowl contender this year as well, and instead they picked a quarterback and were idiots. But if they had Justin Jeffries or any of those guys for Aaron Rodgers to throw to, that's another. uh, The Green Bay's in the Super Bowl for sure. Yeah, ridiculous. I think I,
1: I don't think this was on the pod, but I was talking to you, I believe, and just saying that if you're a general manager, I just don't think that it's as hard as we make it out to be because they're, they're making the NFC title game two years in a row. And they're saying, yeah, let's, uh, let's get our backup quarterback. Unreal. (laughs) I mean, just like what you said, if you add another offensive weapon or maybe a defensive stud to actually get to Tom Brady, like, uh, if I was a fan, I would be so furious as a lion. I think it's hilarious but uh boy just that's malpractice as a general manager to be thinking about three or four years down the line when you've got a championship team now this might be a little hot takey uh but i i think that the rams need to win the nfc championship in order uh for this to pan out for them because i think exactly what you said that they're going all in um they don't have a first round pick for seven years
0: whoa (laughs) that's crazy
1: they gave away a ton when they went after jalen ramsey and obviously they gave away a few for matt stafford uh i think if that's if you're selling your future you need a conference championship and you need to appear in the super bowl so as some low odds especially like you said with the competition (laughs) that they're playing against but they've got the pieces now it's just a matter of execution so uh, while we wait for our Lions to rebuild I will be watching the Rams with, with interest And, and I'll, I'll cheer for them I hope that Matt Stafford does well
0: I just saw the uh, Detroit's um, Schedule this year They posted it And they don't play The Rams, do they? No, they do The Rams do. are hosting They do play the Rams Yeah, Woo-hoo. That's exciting you want to yeah. get some uh, plane tickets out to L.A.? It's going to be an away game in L.A. That'd be pretty fun. And
1: L.A. Stadium is nasty, too. <laughs> so that SoFi Stadium? Yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, I can't imagine what those tickets would cost, but probably <laughs> more than your plane ticket. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be so fun, but uh, at the same time, do I really need to go see the Lions get absolutely mauled by our former
0: quarterback? Eh. I mean there's there'd be some sweet aspects to that. Like it whether we win or lose, winning, we'd feel like maybe we get some justification in the trade. Losing, we're like, okay, that was our old quarterback. We see how good he was and how much we squandered him. Uh we come away with lots of feelings from that game, whether good or bad. So It's true. Maybe a fun trip to LA. Well, <laughs>
1: you know i bet you could probably get cody to go and then he'll probably try to pick a fight with all of la
0: just like he did with chicago so (laughs) uh the story behind that cody and i went to a lions bears game last year when uh fans were allowed to go to games and (laughs) the lions scored a touchdown it was a close game uh stafford wasn't even playing it was jeff driscoll and (laughs) jeff driscoll was carrying the team cody's favorite backup (laughs) quarterback uh, it was awesome that game they they listed their top speeds of the players during that game and Jeff Driscoll came in at the top with like a 20 some mile an hour top speed like okay that's awesome uh, but Cody the Lions scored at one point and Cody turned around and just was like yeah eat your heart out Chicago <laughs> <laughs> and then the Lions lost of course but Cody's just always stirring the pot <laughs> yeah Oh, in the middle of Chicago, <laughs> right?
1: There's, there's a lot of Chicago Bears fans over here. They're they're not actually uh,
0: not that bad. They're they're passionate and they're downtrodden just like us. So, <laughs> you know, I hate the Bears. I would list them as probably my least favorite uh, NFL franchise. But I really respected wow. their fans when we went to that game. Their fan they were lovable losers just like us Lions fans. Where they were there, they were all about football. Uh, they were there to have a good time, and they expected their team to suck. And they still showed up, and it was a sellout stadium in the cold. So I respected that. but You, I, you, you would say that they're your least
1: favorite above, like, the Packers?
0: Yeah, I was just having this conversation with a Packers fan the other day, and so there's just something about the Bears. I know they suck, but when they don't suck, I just can't stand them.
1: <laughs> well, they'll never have Mahomes, so they you, you'll have that for you.
0: <laughs> and they're not even gonna have the quarterback that they drafted instead of Mahomes for another year or two. Trubisky, Unreal. I think, is over. I think it's gonna be Carson Wentz in a week or two.
1: Uh, yeah, we'll see if that works out. <laughs> uh, so, how,
0: how are you feeling about Dan Campbell? Uh, that one kind of came out of the blue for me where we were looking at all these top-level candidates. Uh, I was looking at Eric Bieniemy, hoping we'd get him, and then all of a sudden we're like, hey, we signed Dan Campbell. And I didn't know he was even high on the list at the time. But now that it's kind of settled in, I, uh, and he did his famous press conference where he'll bite your knees off, and when he knock him down again, he'll take another bite out of you. Uh, the dude is a warrior. And I don't know if that's going to translate to wins, but he is a likable guy who says crazy things and put together a really fun coaching staff. So it'll be fun to cheer for him. I hope he has success, but, I, man, I don't know if it's going to translate. <laughs> yeah, the, the press conference was,
1: was pretty fun. Uh, got Some people didn't like it very much, but I, I thought it was <laughs> – I. I don't think it has much bearing on if they'll have success or not, but you you like the fight. Um, The Lions did that thing that I was hoping they wouldn't do in a sense where you do the opposite of your last coaching hire. Um, So with Patricia, they thought they were getting an X's and O's guy who had the (laughs) personality of a potato, but they thought they were getting a rocket scientist so they go from the rocket scientist
0: to like straight neanderthal like bar barstool big cat said they took the the nerd from high school (laughs) fired him and then they hired the guy who bullied him in high school (laughs) yeah Yeah, they're like all right dan what's
1: your offensive philosophy and he's like (laughs) like (laughs) bite knees (laughs) create fire so i i don't hate it but i also don't like you said, I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and and think that this is gonna be the beginning of the Lions turnaround. I mean, just looking at uh, the fact that I mean, we look at Calvin Johnson was just enshrined in the Hall of Fame, Matt Stafford was just traded. Um, you're looking at two of the best players in Lions history, and in their careers, they could not win a single playoff game, and. I don't see the Lions having anyone of the same caliber as a Calvin Johnson or a Matt Stafford. Uh, who knows if Galladay will be there. Um, we'll see what, how Goff reacts to a much less talented roster. Defense is, oh, they're going to need to actually take out knees like Dan Campbell said because they're not slowing anybody down. Dan
0: Campbell had a really good shot at the previous coaches uh, talking about our cornerbacks, and specifically Okuda, because he was watching film on him and was like, man, this guy was a shell of himself. Uh, he just lacked confidence, and that's on the coaching. <laughs> yeah. So he, he really blamed the coaches, and uh, hopefully he's right. If Okuda can come together and be a good cornerback, because we know he's capable of it, yeah, that'd be a big starting point
1: yeah we uh we when we were talking about the coaching hires we were looking at coordinators and uh from an x's and o's standpoint i don't know how how talented or how much knowledge campbell has but from all reports it seems like he's assembled an awesome staff so cautiously optimistic um, like the fight definitely not expecting to see anything worth watching for the next two to three years but uh (laughs) but hoping that we can just see a plan that they build on instead of like i mean you look at the quinn and patricia plan that they had it did not make sense and so as long as we can see under campbell we can see a plan that makes sense and they might not be able to do it well but just something that they're building on that uh, is going to eventually lead to wins and uh, draft picks that no one that we don't scratch your heads and go, I've never heard of this guy. Why are we drafting him in the second round? So, <laughs> we'll see. Definitely going to be a rebuild. Um but I think we're in a better place now than we were, you know, in the past 2 years, so
0: going yeah. up from here. Hopefully, hopefully going up. The fun thing about this uh coaching staff, we went from a coaching staff for the players. It was not like a coaching staff for the players. We had star players who were wanting to leave because of this coaching staff. Matt Stafford said, "Trade me anywhere but New England," because Matt Patricia went back there. Uh, Matt Patricia had a bad relationship with so many of our stars that they left town and trashed him. Well, now we've got this coaching staff of like all past players and players that were players in the 2000s. Like they're not even that old. Uh, Antoine Randall L is a coach. And- yeah, I saw he just joined. Do Staley. I remember watching these guys. Uh, yeah. So, if anything, we've got the best, most athletic coaching staff ever, but we'll see if they can actually coach. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, definitely
1: excited about some of these coaching hires, though. Uh, I think that there's definitely going to be more of the team camaraderie, and I don't think that he's going to come in in the first day people are going to check out, so... At least we'll hopefully have some team chemistry. Uh, if the whole new GM thing doesn't work out, uh, maybe they could lure Brady when he finally retires because holy <laughs> cow, the team that they put together basically just off of him saying, hey, join me. Man, I was so impressed with that team in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're just watching that game, the way it went, even if the Chiefs were able to score more, I think that the Buccaneers could have scored more. They were just trying to drain the clock towards the end there. I mean, I think Brady had, like, 60 yards in, like, the second half passing. Yeah. So, I mean, that team was really impressive. Just goes to show, you know, even when you've got those star skill positions, the game is won on the line of scrimmage and with the quarterback. And, man, having Tom Brady back there does wonders,
0: especially with uh, the guys he surrounds himself with that does my my last bit on this is i am sad to see stafford go now that we especially now that we have new coaching and new coaching staff because you could see the hurt that the coaching staff had on stafford in this offense and this defense uh and we still had opportunities to win games last year there was a lot of games that we won or lost in the fourth quarter or or we got up early in the first quarter and then gave it away the rest of the game uh which shows that that lions team had potential and it would have been fun to see what Stafford could have done under a Dan Campbell-led team. But, again, it's hard to be a naysayer with all the picks and uh, everything we got for the trade. So I'm happy with how it went, ultimately, and I'm excited to see where we go from here. It, it feels like we've been talking about rebuilds with the Red Wings, the Tigers, the Pistons, yeah. and now the Lions, and the Lions are finally into a true rebuild. And I'd say the Lions of all those t- teams I just said have hit the restart button the best. Um, how, how would you how would you rank the Lions restart uh, at least in how they've tried to do it with the rest of uh, Michigan's restarts, <laughs> the state of Michigan team restarts that are happening?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I think football in general of all the leagues is the one where you can probably have a quicker turnaround compared to like baseball. I think that takes a lot uh, of accumulating young talent, developing it. Uh, I don't know too much about hockey, but I think it's in that same general ballpark as baseball and basketball is basketball is a superstars game. Uh, You don't, there aren't teams really anymore that are like the 2004 Pistons that are just a whole bunch of really good team players. So uh, you kind of got to get lucky with basketball and just strike gold on one of your draft picks. So football is the game that you just, uh, while they're in the rebuild, they did exactly the right thing. They acquired a bunch of picks. And uh, I think that they're probably top of the list of rebuilding the right way. Uh, So, yeah, it's exciting. It's a little sad you know, end of an era,
0: but boy, it's a pretty bad era at the same time. So, (laughs) eh, you know, turn the page. It really was a rough era. Uh, We're getting into spring now and the Tigers are about to take start. They've been going through their free agencies. Uh, That's a conversation for another podcast, but in general, barf. They've done nothing. Yeah. They're going to be horrible again. Um, But we'll see what the Lions do. We'll see uh, how the Pistons end this year. Uh, pistons are i mean they got a lot of pieces and then the red wings i mean they still suck but maybe they're moving in the right direction too and then hopefully we have some michigan basketball to talk about next week as uh they get started i think the next game is the 17th um and so hopefully wow. yeah, i know we, that means we got another week to uh wait for that so bran you got anything else you want to take us home with Uh, well, you just said, you know, looking forward to basketball, man,
1: I, I just can't be any more excited about March Madness. Um, you know, even if, if our teams don't go very far missing the, the tournament completely last year, it's just going to feel like so fresh and new to watch March Madness. Uh, in my opinion, March Madness is the best, uh, sports event there is, um, you know, maybe outside of the world cup, but, uh, march <laughs> madness has a special energy and you just love the chaos um we've been we've been just blessed with the runs michigan has gone on the past few years um so that helps uh but you know there's still that hunger because michigan hasn't won since i believe 89 uh state hasn't won since 2000 so yeah big 10 hasn't won since 2000 so Uh, a lot of interest a lot of excitement and then uh, this is maybe a negative take but I'm trying (laughs) to look at it as an optimist uh, point of view a lot of our biggest gripes I think with coaching with our teams is that there's almost never adjustments made you you go into halftime and you're like okay the other team is killing us with this this is how we're going to react and they come out in the, the second half and they do the same thing they did in the first half and you're like these coaches are getting paid how much to just do nothing like they don't actually make adjustments super bowl man the chiefs they did not adjust at all poor patrick mahomes was running for his life on every play and they could not adjust (laughs) and i know that they were at a disadvantage because their starting left tackle was out but earlier even before the second half i mean the game wasn't out of hand they needed to realize hey we need to slow this game down We need to run the ball because that's what the bucks are giving us I think uh Edwards Alaire averaged like seven yards a pop and uh they said no we're the Chiefs we have Patrick Mahomes and he throws the ball and he he has this much time to throw usually even though our offensive line's not the same this is what we do <laughs> and uh you know that's the biggest stage in, in football and the coaches I think did it they were completely outclassed by the Buccaneers coaches uh Tom Brady was great, but if I could give the MVP to anyone, I'd give it to the defensive coordinator, mm, yeah, uh, Todd definitely. Bowles. So, as a Michigan fan, uh, makes me feel a little bit better if the Super <laughs> Bowl, which, uh, Super Bowl winning Chiefs. I mean, this is like the same staff as the one that won. If they can't make the right adjustments to at least be in a competitive game, I shouldn't expect my my teams to uh to do that either. <laughs> so once again it's one of those things where you're like man i don't know if these guys are as bright as we give them credit for at least not maybe worth what their salary says they are but uh maybe you can just take that to the bank and say hey the team with the best players is gonna win no matter what coaching
0: doesn't matter as much as i usually think it does (laughs) on the flip side of that you can say maybe it does matter because i think the chiefs offense is one of the best offenses in a while Uh, with Mahomes and the weapons they have at running back and uh, wide receiver and the coaching of that defense you you would have gave the MVP to their coach uh maybe it does matter on the flip side (laughs) (laughs) so it's hard you get you get both worlds where the players get you to the championship but you gotta have both to win it
1: oh man how about some of those throws by Mahomes uh that one where he was like parallel to the ground and still threw it right on the money i
0: i couldn't believe it i paused it and rewound it to show i was watching it uh with hannah and she i was like you have to see this uh he was parallel to the ground <laughs> <laughs> like i i also said he is winning over america right now he, i know everyone loves him already and but his stats were so bad too yep but just how he was running around like a chicken with its head cut off—he had a bum toe. He's having surgery on his foot right now. Uh, he was just such a warrior, and it seemed like uh, even though he—I mean—he kind of sucked, and the Chiefs' offense sucked. He really won over hearts. So kudos to yeah. him. Yeah, I was <laughs> crazy
1: impressed with him. But I also think it does kind of go with my theory that if Mahomes was on a different team, that he wouldn't have near the success he's had at the Chiefs. Uh, Similar to how I think Deshaun Watson, in the right system, ooh, he, he would be just as good, I think. so. Uh, although, you know, from a physical standpoint, I think Mahomes is probably maybe the best there ever is or was. But uh, I think it, it's all about environment. Chiefs is a really good environment.
0: It wasn't good enough on Sunday. So Well, let's hope and pray that Deshaun Watson does not end up in Chicago and uh, everything will be all right. He can stay in the eh, AFC. <laughs> I, I think Deshaun wants to win football games. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> so, Well, hopefully we've got some Michigan basketball to talk about next week. Uh, Brandon, it was good talking sports again with you. I'm glad we're yeah. back. And uh, if you guys have anything that you want to uh, have us talk about, you've got questions for us, uh, hit us up. We've got uh, the Jonesing for Sports on Twitter, and Brandon often posts some fire stuff on there. That's been very nah. entertaining. so hit us up with any questions you guys have and uh, find us on Apple or Spotify and uh, yeah let us know what you think because you guys are who we're talking to and we want to put out the content that you guys like so thank you again and uh, we'll hopefully talk to you next week